0: This is Arielle Stachel, and you're listening to Other. Kiki Lane is one of the finest actresses of her generation. She broke out in film in Barry Jenkins's If Beale Street Could Talk. She subsequently stars opposite Charlize Theron in the Old Guard trilogy and also played Eddie Murphy's daughter in Coming to America. She also made a splash this year on stage doing On Sugarland at New York Theatre Workshop, but What I have the privilege of knowing, because I've been with Kiki as a partner for the last couple of years, is that she is an incredible anchor for her family, and it is one of the most moving and touching um, demonstrations of human love and human care that I've ever seen in my life. We spoke to your family last week, and we were talking about little Kiki. (laughs) We were talking about little Kiki and her ambition um, as a young black girl in Cincinnati and who knew from a very early age that she wanted to act and whose commitment to excellence and achievement maybe made it a little difficult for you to be raised in the black community. And I want you to talk about what it felt like to be different in that way.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, it was a... I don't know, a very interesting time growing up and having such huge dreams for myself and such commitment to those dreams coming true, which I realized at a young age is not the norm in the community Um, and often led to me being made fun of, actually. You know, I was very committed to getting good grades because I knew that in order to go to Whatever university I really wanted to go to, I would need an academic scholarship. My parents couldn't afford to contribute to, you know, my higher education, um, and I used to get made fun of for that. Um, and reflecting on that, I don't know. It's um, it's a strange thing that is so common in the Black community, uh, particularly low lower income community, um, to kind of. Stifle the desire for that level of achievement, you know, to make fun of the kids that are doing their homework. Um, Part of that discussion, you know, that we had when we were at my house was talking to my dad and like the things he grew up being made fun of for like not going to prison. That that would be, right, right. You know, something that in our community would cause disruption. Like there's pride in going to prison, there's pride in not getting good grades, there's pride in failure to some degree.
0: What what made you want to be different and have the confidence to continue to be different day in and day out when I'm assuming that makes your day-to-day uncomfortable?
1: Um <laughs> you know, honestly my first thought was that I'm just hard headed. <laughs> like,
0: I know. I know it's really it's awesome. Like
1: whatever. <laughs> um once I decide I want something It's, mm, very few things can deter me from going after that thing. Um, And I think acting for me was an escape. It was an opportunity to be all of the things that I was being told that I couldn't be. That's the beautiful thing about being an actor, being a storyteller. There's, it opens up all of these different worlds and possibilities of what you can do and who you can be. And that excited me Mm -hmm. um, because so much of what was around me was pretty limited. So once I connected to that, there was no no stopping.
0: One of the most beautiful things I ever remember your dad saying to me is he remembers this little girl with glasses (laughs) with a backpack that is bigger than her. Mm -hmm. And Aaron's like, Jesus, this girl is so studious, which I find interesting just because for me, well, I'm I, you know my dad is Yemenite, my mom is Ashkenazi. My dad didn't even ever see one of my homework assignments. My mom, mm-hmm. on the other hand, like did them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And for you, I'm just thinking about the fact that your dad is watching and witnessing this young girl and kind of blown away by it, which means that you had this You had to create your own person earlier than I did, Hmm. right?
1: I learned to depend on myself. So from a very young age, it was all about getting out of Cincinnati. My dad is a recovering addict. Um, I believe he's been clean almost 13 years now. So I'm very, very proud of that. Um, But it definitely created some difficult things that we had to, you know, experience growing up, coming home when my mom had finally kicked him out, and he took a lot of the furniture from the house. Um, you know, it's one of those things at the time, it it definitely hurts, especially being a child, but I kind of caught on pretty quickly that if there were certain things that I wanted in my life, I was going to have to make that happen for myself it was just a part of the circumstances that i was growing up in and you know my mom having to take care of so many things essentially by herself i don't know i kind of felt that if there were things that i could take care of myself and things that i could do for me then i'm going to do that it's one less thing on her plates right um but again i mean it's i don't know i think that's a part of you even kind of said this in your tony acceptance speech You know, your biggest obstacle becomes, I'm sorry, what exactly did you say? What did
0: I say? (laughs) Your your biggest obstacle can become your purpose, may become your purpose.
1: Right. So a lot of those obstacles, you know, I think have placed me right where I was supposed to be and allow me to speak to a certain community and speak for a certain community that had I not gone through those things, you know, I wouldn't be able to have the, the same platform and the same connection to this community that means so much to me um
0: i, I want to know do you think that your resilience makes it harder for you to sit in certain emotions
1: not necessarily because the reason why i started laughing <laughs> you're
0: so damn tough
1: no it's not <laughs> that i'm tough I, like <laughs> when people say sometimes you gotta laugh to keep from crying i have very distinct memories of that like Me and my brother Josh will talk about, it's connected to that story, coming home, furniture has gone. It's it's literally not funny. (laughs) But somehow we laugh about it. Like, my dad also took the Xbox and he told us he wasn't going to take the Xbox. (laughs) So we come home and it's like, all right, all the living room, furniture is gone, whatever. We don't have the TV, no couches. Don't give a damn. We go straight downstairs. (laughs) Where is the Xbox? (laughs) Like, and I don't know, like, it's these, (laughs) it's these things that, like, you reflect on. And, like, it's not to take away the, the gravity of that, but somehow you move forward. It's not necessarily resilience or a toughness. It's faith. And I've always had it. Faith got me here. Faith allows me to look at these things that I went through in my life and I can say, it happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. Even the things that really hurt, the things that really, really hurt. I'm like, but it made me who I am. It allows me to engage with art in a way that not everyone can engage with it in that way. So why would I take those things away? Even, you know, we have these conversations with my dad and seeing his journey, you know, having gone through all the turbulent things of being an addict. And now being clean for this much time and now him trying to give back to other people in recovery and having his own podcast and being a recovery and a life coach. Like there's these things where you kind of look at it and it's like, yeah, when I was 12, it could have been nice. And you know, no, every bill was going to be paid and not ever have the lights get turned off and this, that and the other. But who would I be if I hadn't gone through those things? Right? Would I want to be that person? Who would you be if you hadn't gone through the things that you went through? if you hadn't, you know felt like an other felt a little outside of these different communities, felt a little outside of your family?
0: it's It's a really good it's a really good point, you know because I I, I I think about it so much in terms of like how it's made me feel off of whatever center is. But as you just said that I'm like, I don't really know that I actually ever want to be center. That, Mm -hmm. and you're just making me realize that, like all the things that I think are traumatic byproducts of being an other, um, I would still never return or replace that.
1: So I think what's beautiful is as artists of color, there's a formula that we're taught of like, how do you reach success or even a formula of what success as an an artist looks like but that formula often excludes the truths that we experience as people of color pursuing this um and i think that that formula can actually exclude a lot of the other gifts that we have
0: well i'm thinking about formula on so many levels because there's like a formula but also it's like there's also a prescription of what a black girl is Mm -hmm. and what we're now asking for or expecting or creating because we don't expect it anymore is like something that actually fits and matches our humanity and that we say it over and over every artist of color says it and we'll say it again it still doesn't exist for us like it does for them and so we're asking to play human beings and I think we are actually in the process of like decolonizing ourselves to some degree because for most of my training i expected that and it was just like what it was anything that comes out that's middle eastern i want i'm happy and i'm grateful
1: but even that excludes another huge part of who you are you and i have had this conversation where truthfully when i thought of a jewish person i thought of a white person right and where does that come from because when i'm watching television and film if there is a jewish character they are white
0: ashkenazi
1: right so that's the the
0: you're, you're right so and also I'm i am half ashkenazi but but you know i'm just thinking from 20 to 25 i would march into a casting office and if it was terrorist number two, which it has been, mm-hmm. I was trying to kill Get that it. shit. Yeah. And then you sit in the room and there's all the other brown dudes, and I wanted that shit. And it wasn't even a thought. It wasn't even, a, And then so, so the last five years, each year has felt like 10 years for me.
1: Because that's what you were taught, that that's all that you could want. So going back to what we were talking in about all, and, earlier, it, right. what did I grow up being taught that I could want when mm. I was younger? Mm that was a possibility for me. I imagine that you being a young brown man, you're watching TV and film. What type of roles did you see someone who looked like you in?
0: Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. So then therefore,
1: once you start, even if it's not the best opportunity, but it's something, it's something that you can do, of course you're going to get excited about it. Of course you're going to go after that thing, but then at some point it hits you that that's not all that you are. Or all that is representative of the truth of your community.
0: I actually realized this, you know, in writing my play, the first group of people that I saw that looked like me on TV were when all the terrorist suspects came out post Mm 9-11. And and there was a new brown face every day on CNN. And this person is connected to Al-Qaeda, this. And and it really was the only time I saw someone reflective of my father.
1: Mm -hmm. But what's unfortunate with that is that it's also for everyone else the first time that we were seeing your community mm. represented like that right. in film and television.
0: And 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 you and I both know that my community is actually so much more nuanced than that. Right. We don't have time for that. I'm
1: speaking to the power of, of what it means when you only see yourself being represented as one or two things in the media. Right. It affects what you believe you are capable of, what you believe that you can go after in life, what you believe, especially pursuing acting, what you believe the type of roles that you could actually do. But then also on a, a it's also teaching other people in the real world, certain stereotypes and assumptions about people You're who look so like right you. are right
0: that there's this effect on a community. Mm-hmm. And then there's the perception of everyone outside of that. Yes. There's like two truths happening at once.
1: We learn. We learn from media. We are learning from television it's and so film. Weird. That's why I, you know, I I'm trying to start these conversations around the difference between diversity and representation. Hmm. You can make your cast as diverse as you want to. You can put every color in the damn rainbow in there if you want to. But if you are not being attentive to how you are representing these different communities, then Fuck you, you, you didn't and, really do and, and, and I, what needed to be done. I wanna
0: say something. I think representing is actually a, a simple concept. You know what representing is? Good art.
1: It's I Make it good. I think it's deeper You think than it's that. deeper than that? I, absolutely, I, I think it's deeper than that.
0: What I mean to say is, what, if that room is diverse, good art tells the truth. But you're saying- Even
1: in a diverse room, you can still get a lot of bullshit when you went into these rooms to be terrorist number two or four, I'm assuming you probably went in there. It wasn't even a thought that maybe I should be going for the lead. Maybe a character with a name. Oh, I don't know.
0: You meet me on the set of Don't Worry, Darling. You're you're looking at <laughs> some <laughs> random brown dude who's trying to flirt with you. Oh, God. <laughs> and... You're assuming like, all right, so he's just like, you know, he came and has two roles. And then you learn that in theater, I'd been on Broadway. I
1: already knew you were a Tony Award winner. You knew I was a Tony (laughs) Award winner.
0: But what you didn't understand is why the fuck is this man playing this role?
1: I did not.
0: It took you to look at me like, you need to breathe life into characters. And unless you're breathing life into a character, stop it.
1: We have to demand to be seen and start demanding to be seen on the terms that we want to be seen on. Yes, we do. You know, that's part that's how this all came together. That's, you know, what your one man show how that came together. You know, both of us being people of color in this industry, the boxes that we are put into, you know, that was a a huge discovery for me when we started dating is being introduced to what this industry is for you. you know, based off of of your background, because yeah, I definitely see the world, it can be very black and white for me, but that's so, that excludes so many other truths and stories. So, but there's things that we wanna do in this industry that if we don't fight, if we don't say, I'm going to make this happen, if we don't start recognizing the power that is in us Mm -hmm. to do these things, that's that is what we have to start tapping into because this industry will really have you thinking that everything is outside of your hands that all these other gatekeepers whomever they may be that they hold all of the power there's a lot of power in us and i think before i could actually put words to that i could feel it i could feel it seven-year-old kiki i could feel it i got (sighs) power inside Mm. of me Mm there's something greater inside of me. Why can't I do that thing? If I tell you that this is my dream, why can't it be real? Faith, it is, it is in the things that you cannot see, the things that you can't tangibly touch. Like, I, I'm trying to think of how many roles when I was younger did I see like Tish in if bill street could talk if (laughs) any that's like one of my most profound memories from the the press tour of if bill street could talk Is this young beautiful black woman coming up to me and i'm walking out of this event and this woman stops me she's like i'm sorry like kiki i know that you you, you're about to leave but I, i just wanted to say gosh um she looked at me and she said how much it meant to her seeing me in if Bill Street could talk because it was the first time that she saw someone that looked like her in that type of role a tender role, a loving role, being loved, being protected, being nurtured. And yes, it's still a tough story. It speaks to, you know, bigger things that, you know, we experience in the Black community, but there was so much love and for her seeing someone of her skin tone with her texture of hair meant so much to her she felt seen and when you see the thing because faith in the unseen is is harder so when we can give people an image to believe in and to aspire to in our communities i mean that that means everything
0: yeah well and I actually, I just want to back up a little bit because you talked about Beale Street and, and I I I know you tell the story a lot, but I think it's like, when I really think about it, it's fucking crazy, which is that you graduated DePaul. Mm-hmm. You got two roles at the Steppenwolf Theater. Is that mm-hmm. right? You got two leading roles,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is like the theater in Chicago. It's not like a, it's like a very <laughs> crazy thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the, Top of the bucket list for most actors in Chicago. You get these roles and then decide to leave Chicago for a callback for an ABC showcase. It wasn't wasn't even a callback.
1: No. um, Yeah, I graduated DePaul in 2014. um, And then finally, this is 2017. And I'm just about to start breaking into the equity theaters um in, in Chicago. Chicago um in Steppenwolf it's always been a dream of mine to work there it still is um, <laughs> we're <laughs> gonna putting, make it happen just putting that out there um <laughs> but I was finally finally um about to to do a couple productions with them and I was of course extremely thrilled it's a dream come true as a you know coming up in the Chicago uh theater community right. and I submitted myself to do this audition for um ABC's Talent Showcase and I got an audition but the audition was in LA and I, I'm like, I don't have the resources to be flying back and forth like if I'm gonna go there I'm I'm just gonna go um when I first got there I was sharing a twin size bed with a, a friend from elementary and high school like, literally, we were sleeping in a twin-size bed together. Hmm. Um, And then, finally, I got me an air mattress off of Amazon. So, then I was sleeping on my twin-size air mattress um, for months. <laughs>
0: for months?
1: <laughs> yes, for months. Yes.
0: I, didn't, I actually didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. It was nuts. I mean, because I ended up, I found a place. But, unfortunately, the place that I found, it was a four-bedroom. And myself and another girl moved into it. And the other girl that moved in, you know, joining the two roommates that were already there, she brought bed bugs with her. Oh. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm like knocking them out. In shorts, Kiki Lane was going crazy. Um, so there was, there was a night, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I remember this night. I was losing my mind. Mm. the the faith that got me there was fading very fast Mm. so it's like 3 a.m i'm typing up an email to my landlord saying you need to give me my security deposit back i'm going to take that security deposit and i'm going to go back to cincinnati i'm not going back to, to chicago i'm going back home i have my bible out that my mom gave me when i first moved to chicago when I left to go to college it's a bible that my grandmother gave to her it's like when I'm in that bible I take it with me everywhere that means it's like oh <laughs> my like, god you you better talk to me today hmm. um and I'm like flipping through it I'm trying to find a word I'm like I need a word I need a word God like if I'm supposed to be here if I'm supposed to stay I'm just trying to connect to the spirit I'm, I'm trying to connect to something greater that can tell me What am I supposed to be doing? And I could feel God speaking to me and saying, you are supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. I do have something for you here. Mm -hmm. You have to stick it out Mm -hmm. and I will make a way for you. Mm -hmm. Usually when we're freaking out and we're losing our minds, it's because we are hell bent on making a way for ourselves. You start losing it because you are starting to realize that, you can't make it happen for yourself. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. And I remember in that moment, giving in to that feeling Hmm. of like, it is out of my hands. Hmm. I don't have all the answers. The only answer I have is that I'm supposed to be here. Mm. I don't have the answer of how the hell my rent is going to be paid. I don't have the answer for that. I don't have the answer of when the hell I'm going to get a real bed to sleep in. I don't have the answer. Mm. I don't have any of those answers. The only answer I have is that I am supposed to be here. Later that day, because this was the middle of the night, it's like two, three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So around 11 a.m. or so. Mm -hmm. I go to meet another best friend of mine because I'm supposed to help him do a tape Mm -hmm. for this movie called If Beale Street Could Talk. Barry Jenkins follow up to Moonlight. I'm in an Uber on my way to help him with his audition, which I almost canceled on him because I hadn't been sleeping. Because I was up that entire night, losing my mind. (laughs) I hadn't been sleeping for however many days. I'm a mess. I was this close to canceling on him. Mm -hmm. He sends me the information for the tape. And I read Tish, and the literal words that come out of my mouth are, but that's me. But that's me. Those were the words that I spoke in the back of this car, but that's me. I try to call my agent in Chicago, say, hey, do you know Cindy Tolan? She's casting Barry Jenkins next film. I would love to audition. Da-da-da-da-da. And they're like, No, we don't really know her. And also the tape is due that day. It's just it's just not gonna happen. Okay. But fast forward two weeks later, I meet with who is still my manager. Uh, Meredith Rothman I got this meeting with her because the ABC showcase that I went out to LA to do fell through but one of the execs liked me so much that he called Meredith on my behalf and said Hmm. Meredith you gotta meet with this actress who came to audition for our showcase like didn't work for the showcase but you gotta meet her I meet with Meredith and we're talking she asks me what are you know, some recent movies that you love, like the type of projects that interest you? And of course I brought up Moonlight. And she said, ah, oh, Barry, he's uh, working on his next film. I said, yeah, if Bill Street could talk. I said, oh, I wish I could have auditioned for that. And I remember Meredith just kind of looked at me and she said, ah, oh, I think they're still casting for that. And I could feel something in that room. It was like some type of vibration in the universe i mean seriously like i you know i'm a very spiritual person like that the spirit communicates with us when i i say i am my ancestors wildest dreams when people say that i believe that and i believe that that ancestral energy speaks to me and speaks to all of us because why wouldn't our ancestors especially for us who've been through so much why wouldn't they want to give us a little nudge in the right direction hmm. a little gift to help us get to all of the things that they dreamed of all of the things that they suffered for so that we can enjoy the life that we enjoy for so the next day i called meredith i said let's do this of course we're super excited that night she sends me the script for if Bill street could talk mm-hmm. that was literally the very first thing that i auditioned for with her It's the mm-hmm. first script she sent me So yeah I put myself on on tape for it and you know I guess the rest is history as they say I don't know um when I really reflect on like the fullness of that story even where I was when I um went to do the chemistry read in New York with Stefan and I spoke about that on foul, and I spoke about not having any money being at the very end, the little finances that I had, this was it. It all comes back to that thing of of faith, of obstacles becoming purpose. I think for a lot of us who have felt othered, yes, it feels like an obstacle at first, but maybe it's that other thing that leads to you fulfilling whatever greater purpose there may be in store for you and we don't always know what we don't always know what that is
0: you know obviously you've had this really really interesting career you've you've gone through genres and action and comedy and you've done everything um but what I'm interested in is the way that it changed your life and you went from this young girl who was dead set on achieving and that puts you in your own little bubble and that isolated you and then you like achieve like real world heavy duty success by any measure mm-hmm. and you became a movie star and it changed your your notoriety, it changed your economic reality and it kind of distanced you honestly from everyone
1: sometimes what stops a person from leaning into their otherness their uniqueness their special gift whatever it may be is this fear of being isolated this Hmm. fear of being isolated Hmm. from your community you know if everyone else is doing this thing you know but i decide i'm gonna stay home and do all my homework and this that and the other there's some people who even if they have the desire, they want good grades. They wanna you know, go off to college, whatever it may be. But the majority of the people around them, they don't do that thing, they don't dream about those things. It can feel very isolating. What I try to tell people now is that the isolation only lasts for a moment. It actually, right now I can look back on all of that and and say, hmm, that was actually pretty brief. And was I actually isolated? No. There were certain people like, well, yeah, we're not on the same page. Guess I won't be friends with you. But I had friends. I had a very supportive family. I was never fully like 100% by myself. And even if you find yourself in moments where you are or it feels like that, it's just a moment. It's just a season. You're going to end up being connected with people. The isolation ends. Like right now, I'm isolated from some people and I'm finding a new community.
0: Whoa, but I I have to say this, which is that your ability to integrate with your family through these waves of like this adamant little girl to this successful movie actress and things not really, the, the dynamic not really changing is unbelievable for me. But, but as we've spoken, we come from different communities. I come, especially from my mom's Ashkenazi tradition is all about achievement, And so we are designed and trained to feel proud of ourselves based off of how we look to the outside world. And again, I'm thinking I have two halves. There's, there's the Mm -hmm. Yemenite (laughs) side, which is help, help, help community, 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 and the Ashkenazi, which is supportive it is supportive but it's but it's exercised in a very different way it's not as it's not as nurturing in a moment-to-moment way and this leads me to you know what i hope is also an interesting part of this conversation which is actually the ability to talk about our relationship the fact that we have been together for two years and the fact that i think It's it's been really interesting to sort of understand how different we are and continue to clock that through our journey mm-hmm. and still be down for each other.
1: I mean, we come from different backgrounds, but the core of who we are is pretty similar. We're very aggressive, <laughs> assertive, <laughs> get what we want. Kind of people
0: you know my mom my, my mom my mom said that because my mom said you know she's with uh my mom remarried to another ashkenazi jewish guy their parents are both professors it's like on paper they come from similar backgrounds and yet my mom said that you and i are probably more similar than they
1: are i mean i think part of it comes from this awareness when you're younger of you want different things you're a little bit of an oddball in your family right. and whatever the thing is that could live inside of a child that makes them say yeah and i'm just gonna lean into that <laughs> um, <laughs> you know and you you, have to stop you
0: though because you just said something interesting because i always think about my otherness in the context of how it feels in the outside world and what you just said is interesting because it's like yeah we're also just oddballs and we are not what our families expected us to be when they had us right we're not that i am so i I don't think my parents knew what i was going to be i don't think your parents knew what you were going to be but on top of the fact that we have this other experience socially just at the house, it's like, you're not what I thought you were gonna be. Yeah,
1: no one was, got, <laughs> no one in my family has pursued the arts, like to this degree. Like, Very that few I would people go... pursue it to this degree. Right. Very
0: few people do it to this degree, to be clear. Right. Right.
1: So even that is something that, that we would.
0: But in spite of that, when you choose a partner, and you're like, I'm thinking about doing life with this partner now. I'm 31, and you're non-disclosed age. What? Yeah, no, about you're to be about 31 to be 31 next you're week. You're about to be 31. Child, next.
1: black don't crack. I will never be ashamed of my age because I will always look at least seven years younger <laughs> than me. Than but, my age.
0: But how many years younger than me?
1: Oh, honey. <laughs>
0: I didn't remember what i was saying anymore <laughs> you just let me laugh so hard but but the point being is that now we're talking about okay like i'm at an age where now i'm gonna do life and that's that's a new addition to a family that's not just you being an oddball it's you extending your oddballness and now there's this jewish yemenite man at our house what the fuck is going on they say i imagine (laughs) um (laughs) not fully but but yes what like what the kiki's oddballness just extended and brought this human being into our orbit that we definitely never thought
1: but i think though that there's an understanding just based off of the things that i have been exposed to if you are in a community that has a very limited vision of the things that you can see, then you also have a very limited uh, vision of the things that you can learn. Hmm. So by me getting out of the community, I got out of Cincinnati, I got, uh, I, I went to Chicago, I went to a private Catholic university. You start getting introduced to all of these different things that growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio, I hadn't seen languages i hadn't learned foods i had never had on my plate so it opens up and in the moment i'm not thinking that it opens up me dating you know someone who is not black but you start to notice these other things that you connect to human beings that don't look like you and human beings that don't come from your community but you start to recognize there are certain things that bring you together And I feel like especially if you're studying the arts, Hmm. you start to witness a certain connection that we have. Um, Hmm. Go ahead.
0: No. Well, it just makes me think that you think that, you know, being an artist makes you open to being able to feel people across certain lines that maybe if you weren't an artist, you wouldn't be able to find those connections in the same way?
1: I mean, I mean, I, I would think so, especially as actors, we dig into stories that aren't ours. Even if it is someone who's in your community, Tisha's story isn't mine. Like there's things that overlap, but we're also very different women. Um, but you start to tap into someone who is different from you, but it's our job to find those connections. So when you're doing a scene in college, with someone who you would never be friends with. I will never be friends with you. I would have never met you. One of my best friends is Korean. I wouldn't have met you.
0: <laughs> right. now,
1: now we're best friends because we had to connect. There's something outside of our community, outside of the norm of what we were taught, what I was taught that I, Black girl from Cincinnati, I'm supposed to pursue and believe in, what her, a young Korean girl from Chicago, like what,
0: but but what I will say is that dating is a different thing because you start integrating your life in a different way. So it's mm-hmm. one thing to have a friend, right? You know, being with you, there's all these things that I just accepted as fact that it turns out are not fact. Mm-hmm. And, and things for you too. I mean, on, on this most basic funny level.
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I will finish a long day and sit on the bed. <laughs> I'll oh my and Kiki's like, Get
1: out the bed, gracious! No, uh, uh-uh. uh, it's not you sitting on the bed. It's you sitting on the bed in your outside clothes. But but it say it without the, the clap.
0: They need to hear it. the outside. outside clothes. So outside clothes is the most first
1: obnoxious all, thing.
0: So first of all, outside clothes is not even a term I ever had heard of. <sighs> outside clothes, and we fight about that every day. We and 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 lots of other things and and some of them are cultural and some of them again is just you and okay, just yeah, me and just right <laughs> and some of it's no it's some of it's just me but but there's also deeper things of like you know <laughs> we'll be at dinner and i had to like train myself away from this you even said this last night which is like ari i love so many things about you but you need to learn how to have a light conversation
1: Child.
0: yes <laughs> 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 And it just makes me laugh because, you know, we would be having dinners early on in our relationship, and I would bring up things that like were very heavy. Communication is a thing for any couple, but I think, of course, I think a lot. I think crossing cultural lines is like, oh, the way that I just talk and think.
1: I mean, what what really happens? I think a, a big part of when you are dating outside of the community that you grew up in is the difference in things that you may have been taught to value. We learn a lot of the things that we value, that we find are important, you know, through our community. And so there will be things that, you know, don't quite line up. But then at the same time, we have numerous values that are in perfect alignment um, with the things that we want to see happen in the world, with the things that we are trying to do you know, as artists. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely moments where it's like, oh gosh, like I'm I'm finding myself, I have to explain something to you and I'm just like, isn't this just like a known fact? But <laughs> your, it's your, a known your, fact your, in the your, black community. And then you do the same thing well, where you're like, isn't this just, but no, it's a, it's a known fact in the Jewish community. But I'm just
0: thinking, like, <laughs> we just got back from Thanksgiving and like I now realize like, I'm just a punching bag. I'm going to be a punching bag (laughs) for at least an hour during a few of the meals that we have when we're back because people are just like mortified (laughs) by what I don't know and how white I am, which is complicated. But you know, it's, it's been, it's been really, um,
1: but when you think it's like, I don't know, just different things that I, I do value. That maybe didn't necessarily come out of my community, or at least the the community I grew up in. I think some of my values were nurtured by my artistic community, right? Um, in Chicago, right? And the things that I learned working with, you know, artists of different backgrounds and their stories. Um, so yeah, there's definitely moments where it's like, oh my gosh, like, how is this going to work? Like, we are. <laughs> so different in so many ways. And then at the same time, there's so many things that I feel like on a very deep level that we just understand Mm -hmm. about each other. And maybe that's why artists, you know, we tend to find, you know, the artists community is so important because it is a bunch of people who felt othered, you Mm. know, growing up, coming together and, and realizing that that otherness that have, may have made us feel isolated from the community that we were born into. Well, we were also born into this community. It just took us a while to find it. You know,
0: it's really interesting, and I I swear to God, I'm not even saying this because we're recording it, but for most of our relationship, I've thought of our differences as an obstacle, if mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Like, oh, how, when is there going to be too many things, or when are we going to be too different for this to to have legs? But somehow, as you just said that, I thought to myself... On some level, it's a privilege. Like on some level, the fact that, first of all, we never have a conflict on holidays for the most part because <laughs> Hanukkah isn't lined up with Christmas. It's like not, not a thing. It's not like, who? where do you go for Christmas? It, there is no Christmas in my house. What a privilege that is. That I get to go to your house for Thanksgiving and, and, and every time I go to your house, I just eat everything in sight, the macaroni and cheese specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Nyasia. <laughs> And then we get to go to my house and, and you get to, you know, eat latkes and, mm-hmm. and Yemenite soup and Malawa and like, so good. and <laughs> you know, the Yemenite food and, 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 we, we actually get to do both. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of dope. Like on some level, it's like, you know, you said this earliest, like would I want to be different. And it's like, part of me, I do, I am struggling to some degree, And i think both of us that that if that if we we do go the distance that there's a part of our legacy that changes i
1: guess i don't feel it as much maybe as you do because i think it's more profound for you with what you told me of like judaism is passed through the mother so well
0: it's not just that it's the fact that i have always looked for my community Hmm. i've always searched for my community and I was not raised around anyone who is Yemenite other than my sister and my father. And so, looking one type of way and having no community that you're raised around that reinforces that culture makes you constantly look for it. And you know that part of my story was the most accepting community for me was the Black community. And there was a time where I didn't admit that I was Middle Eastern, now I I do it proudly.
1: Well, even with, you know, what you just said, you know, going back to this thing we were talking about how otherness can feel so isolating, this desire for community when you feel outside of the community that it's you're telling yourself I'm supposed to be a part of. So you found, you know, a community that welcomed you, welcomed you, the the otherness that made you feel isolated from one community. There was a community that said, come on in with that otherness.
0: Well, and, and, and let's just be very real about it. And then it got even stranger because the things that were problematic in one community ended up becoming celebrated in your community at the expense of people like you, which is that I learned what good hair was For the first time when I went to a predominantly black high school Mm -hmm. and sort of like sort of rolling over into a certain level of privilege. And so I learned very quickly that black women like me. (laughs) The black kids were like, cool, you just light-skinned. And it was Mm. the first time there wasn't a debate about my background. There was no debate. You just light-skinned. So... (laughs) now i'm just accepted and i'm cool overnight great Mm -hmm. this and as much as i've developed as much as i've come to terms with my ethnicity as much as i love my background i love my yemenite heritage i love i love visiting israel i love my family in israel um i love the food i love bringing you to israeli brunch (laughs) i love it and there there's obviously remains a part of me that was scared of like am i going to lose the the, the fluidity and consistency or maybe the wholeness that i've always wanted and i'm actually kind of i'm grateful for this conversation because i'm able to see in this concentrated way why this works in spite of this nagging narrative in the back of my mind that's been like are you abandoning your people are you abandoning your tribe (laughs) and um I'm feeling like you've articulated it, which is that there's this spirit. There's this underlying humanity that we fundamentally connect to. And we're lucky enough, I think, as artists or people who've been exposed to things to be able to make decisions based off of the widest spectrum of we've been exposed to so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm grateful. And like, yeah, there's those moments where like Dang, like I'm, I'm with someone who isn't in the community. You know that I was born into. Um, however, that may come up. You know, for ourselves. However, it may come up in our families. But the thought that just came to my mind as we're sitting here, I'm like, but wouldn't the people who love me the most, those who are here with me, and those who have already passed on want me to be with someone like you who honors me, respects me, loves me, adores me, pushes me to be better. You know, I imagine if I was to sit down with my my grandmother, I couldn't imagine her looking at me and saying, "Ah, I'm disappointed in you. You ended up with some Jewish brown man, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> I imagine her saying, I'm disappointed in you, Kiki. I I would think that my grandmother would look at me and say, wow, good for you. You found someone who treats you the way that you deserve to be treated. Mm. You found someone who values you and is in alignment with a lot of the things that, you know, that I believe are important. Um, You know, that's what I would imagine you know, our ancestors watching us, um, you know, based off of everything that they've been through. At least that's what I hope, that's what I believe that they would say. Look at them.
0: Well, this was honestly inc-
1: This was the best one. It's the best one. It was no, but it have. was but it was the
0: best one. First of all, because you stopped <laughs> me, said I was nervous on the intro, maybe do it again. But it was also <laughs> amazing because i learned things about you uh that i actually haven't learned so i'm really grateful for that um i thank you for believing in me and joining me and sharing your story and i know that it's going to mean a lot to people so
1: yeah, I love you. i'm just waiting on my ring <laughs> she's just waiting she's just waiting on her
0: <laughs> ring <it>. okay got <laughs>